Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast and the New Sports Now Network. He's Kevin Quickly. I'm Jared Pregar. Kevin, let's talk breakout. We've had enough about the receiver coaching search. We've had enough about the portal. The portal still exists. The receiver's coach is, search is over. Let's talk breakout, who we think is going to break out this year. The listeners can't see it, but I got my crystal ball right here. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. I got two breakouts, potential breakout stars for next year. Um, both of these guys shined in the Ohio game, uh, most notably catching big, long touchdown passes from Drew Aller, the uh, presumptuous uh, starting quarterback for next year. Um, Khalil Jenkins, he's going to be the number three tight end. It is what it is. He's got Brenton Strange. He's got Tyler Warren ahead of him. But if that guy can start threatening the seam, like Mike Yersich's offense shows him or leads the tight ends to do, that guy's a big body. Um, and yeah, he's going to be the, he's going to be the, um, He's going to be the number three, but I think he's a guy that, you know, Penn State really keeps three guys on the field at tight end. That's kind of how the offense sets it up. So I really think that he could, like, that's a name that people are going to start looking at. He's going to be deep in the depth chart, but. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's be real. I, I mean, you sometimes that depth is good, right? You see that in those blowout games. You see that in games like Ohio. So having that quality depth is where is really where Penn State has found their niche now. They, I think, up until this point of the season, the quality of depth hadn't really been there since 2016. And I see a lot of comparisons between a 2016 team and a 2022 team. And I think that might be what we talk about next week. But but, you know, having that quality depth, it shows when bad things happen. We saw that, you know, live and in person in the San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles NFC Championship game. They're already on their third quarterback, the 49ers are, and then they got to go to their fourth quarterback. And then they got to go to back to their third quarterback who has a torn ligament in his elbow, you know. So having that quality of depth really, really matters on the field. Yeah. And I think he's going to be potentially like the next, the next big tight end. Uh, no, no offense to Brenton Strange or Tyler Warren. I think Khalil Dickens has what it takes to be the truth. Um, and then the other one I have, uh, Omari Evans, another guy who's going to be deep on the wide receiver depth chart. He's probably going to be a number three, number four guy, but I think he's going to play the slot um, really fast. I mean, Super fast, can blow by anybody in college. I think he's running low four threes. Um, if you have the double, I mean, we, we already talked to the triple threat at tight end. You've got the two new transfers coming in at wide receiver. They're probably going to be on the outside. Uh, I can probably see McLean being the X receiver, that big body guy who's going to draw that one-on-one -on -one matchup. And then you got Cephas, who's a burner on the other side. There's just going to be too many passing threats for the defense to cover. And you've got this guy coming in the slot. He's going to be drawing the nickel back. I, I think that's a guy who's just going to, I don't think he's going to blow off the stat lines, you know, eight receptions, 150 yards, whatever. 
but he's going to have like two or three impactful move the chain, 15, 20 yard catches a game, which that's going to be like, it's just going to be like, cover them all. It's going to be like the 49ers cover them all. No, absolutely. And I, and, and that's, that really matters. And I think that wide receiver room is going to be super deep. And that's where you find my first breakout guy. I'm going with Kendrick Lambert Smith. It's his time to shine. I know he had a breakout game in the Rose Bowl, but with the weapons that they've gotten in the portal, again, they're going to be able to take the top off the defense with those guys. But Keandre Lambert-Smith is going to be able to prove to himself and prove to the team and, and those around the program how valuable he really is. And I think he's going to be the guy that really breaks out and has an incredible year uh, because all the attention is going to be everywhere else. And I think that is going to open things up for him, just like things opened up for Parker Washington when Jahan Dotson was was still around. Yeah, it's almost an embarrassment of rich, riches. There's, it's ironic. It's not ironic that we we both picked a wide receiver as a breakout star because that wide receiver room is going to be absolutely loaded. And if Keandre Lambert Smith can put even another like three or four of those Rose Bowl performances together, uh, he's going to be a junior. He has one more year of eligibility left after this. Like guy has a lot of promise and if he can just find that consistency that he's potentially been lacking but he hasn't really had the opportunities to prove that he can be consistent so i'm I'm excited for him next year yeah and that's the thing i think um you know that's going to be the opportunity for these guys is to really make an impact i'm going back to another position with a lot of depth um for breakout star and i'm going with uh jerry cross I love his frame. He's 6'5", 254, according to the, according to the Penn State website. But this is a guy that, that has it all. He's got good hands. He can pass protect. He can run, run block. Um, the, the Penn State offense is deep. Uh, we don't quite know what we're going to get out of Bo Perbula, but we or or Drew Aller for that matter, right? But you look at those two, and then at quarterback. Then you look at running back Nick Singleton. And Katron Allen, okay, those we know what they've got, uh, and then you pretty much bring back most of the line, other than Juice Scruggs, uh, and a and a couple others, and and they're right there too. But uh, so I got to go with the tight end. I got I go with Jerry Cross. I think he's going to be a stud, um, and I'm really excited to see what what he's got. Again, this is a very good problem to have if you're Penn State football, right? You have options at every position, and not just one option. You have multiple options on that offensive side of the football, especially. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about the offensive line there. Penn state really hasn't had that since pre sanctions of that embarrassment of riches of depth. Like they've, they've really built the wide receiver depth up. They've built the tight end depth up, but like now they're starting to build the offensive line depth up. There's a what happened on Twitter today. There's a potential 2025 guy rec- committing to this. Like, People are lining up now to get there, and Penn State is just going to have a massively deep depth chart, and they're just going to be able to rotate guys. It's not going to be like, oh, somebody sprains an ankle, the offense, and he's out for four weeks. Oh my gosh, the offensive line is in shambles. Like they're at the point where it's like, all right, next man up, and the guy behind him is probably just as good as the guy in front of him. So it's, yeah, it's going to be exciting next year to see the offensive depth. Yeah, and that's the that's what I think I'm looking forward to most in spring ball too is to see what this offense is all about. Yurcich has all the pieces uh, to the puzzle. Can he put it all together? 
But we're going to talk about the defensive side of the football when we come back on this from a quick break here on the Nittany Sports Now Network. You're listening to the Lashing Out Podcast. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. We talked offense. We're very excited for the explosive plays, the depth that they show. But there's another side of the football that we have to talk about, and it's defensive, right? Chop Robinson, breakout player. Abdul Carter, breakout player. So who else can join them as, as breakout players here? Here come the fall and the spring here. I really like Zaki Wheatley. I think he's going to be that next great Penn State safety. They graduated Nick Scott. They graduated Brisker. They graduated Jair Brown. And Zaki Wheatley is next in line. Um, oh, Marcus Allen. How could I forget him too? Um, he's ball hawk. He's going to be that really – I mean, he had two picks again this year against Auburn and Central Michigan. Um, and – the Auburn pick was an absolutely pure athletic play. So he's just going to be that guy lurking around in the defensive backfield. He's just going to be ready. He saw some time last year, but he obviously was behind Jair Brown. So now he's going to be the guy down one. Let's go. And I think he's just going to be that next guy. Like Penn state is really rolling in the DBs right now. And I think he's just going to be that next one that everyone's going to be like, Nope, he might not get national notoriety, but all of a sudden he's going to be the NFL, like like Jaquan Brisker in Chicago. It's just like, oh man, this guy's good. No, and and I think that's going to be, and you know, the the back end of that defensive secondary, I think is going to be a, is going to be huge for Penn State. But I'm sticking with defensive backs too. I got to go with Kalen King. I understand that he appeared in 12 games, started eight at cornerback, but all the attention this year was on Joey Porter. Everybody wanted to talk about him and Jair Brown. But Kalen King had himself a pretty good season, too. So that's that's who I'm excited to watch um, in the defensive backfield. Uh, he had three interceptions, and I love that about him. Um, he I racked up 30 total tackles, 23 of them solo, three tackles for loss, you know, 21 pass deflections, and a forced fumble and fumble recovery. So – he has that experience now, right? So now he can he can go ahead and get further after it. Um, and I'm very excited to see, you know, he's a junior. He's been there for, for a good bit now or going to be a junior. Um, but as a sophomore, man, he played really well. Uh, second team All-America. This is the guy that Penn State needs to rely on defensively in a, a, a corner. And I think he's going to step up and he's going to be a household name by the end of the season. Yeah. Not only did he get overshadowed by Joey Porter Jr. Then the attention went to Johnny Dixon. Mm-hmm. So like Kobe King is just there flourishing underneath all every Kobe is his yeah, other than linebacker. Come on. man. Kalen King was just there flourishing under everybody else's radar. Cause everyone was focused on JBJ and then on Johnny Dixon. Um, and then my other breakout star for that is going to be denied Dennis Sutton. Uh, he was a freshman last year. He's going to be that third defensive end behind Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac, but it's defensive end. Like we're, they're rotating three, four guys a game, maybe five or six. And he had what three sacks this year in a limited role. 
Now he's going to step into that third where he's getting probably 30 to 40% of the snaps a game. Like three snaps is a true freshman in the Big Ten. You're doing something right. Yeah, and and I he's a McDonough guy that, that and that's a that's a school that they've hit hard and and well. Um and I think that's you know, I think that that defensive line is going to be really, really good. Um, you know, you look at what John Scott Jr. has done since getting there, and we all were I think we were all worried when when Sean Spencer went um spent when he went to the Giants and left. And we're like, oh, well, what's going to happen? And like the chaos of that defensive line, it, it produced some 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 absolute studs up front, and they haven't missed a beat. And I think that speaks volumes to what John Scott has been able to do. Um, but I'm very excited, to, you know, to see denied in a sudden. Um, I think he's going to be another guy that the Penn State's going to rely on heavily. And I and I don't think that there's going to be any letdown for him. Now you mentioned my, you, you, I'm keeping it in the family. You mentioned him earlier. Kobe King is my guy to break out at linebacker um, appeared in 12 games. It's redshirt freshman. So he, he didn't have to burn his red shirt in 2021 like his brother did. So this is his exclusive extensively. The first time that he saw a lot of a time on the field appeared in 12 games made 39 tackles, four tackles for loss, recovered a fumble, returned it for a touchdown, broke up two passes. But this is, again, a guy that's going to fall under the shat, under the Abdul Carter's shadow and Curtis Jacobs' shadow. And I think that's where he's going to thrive. He's going to be that guy that nobody's really thinking about at times. Play Other opponents obviously are. Um, but he's going to be a guy that's going to show up and do just that. And I think that's going to be huge for him moving forward certainly and an honorable mention for my end and i actually kind of have two or i'm intrigued by the third by the uh, second honorable mention there uh jalen reed uh he's going to be in that rotation with keaton ellis keaton ellis is going to be what a fifth year senior next year and uh jalen reed's going to be the next like marcus allen type like in the box thumper and i'm just excited to see him get a more expanded role in there too um don't really have much to say other than that. But then the place of intrigue is the defensive tackle spot. Uh, you got Kaziah Izzard and Hakeem Beeman and Devon Elise. And it's going to be interesting to see which one of those fills the role of PJ Mustafer. All of them got significant playing time last year, but it'll be interesting to see what becomes of that position. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how they set up things because I I do feel like they're going to have a lot of options, which is going to be which is going to be awesome for them. But it'll be really cool to to see how they put this team together defensively, because again, just like the offense, they've got quality depth, and that's going to be huge because we didn't even mention Keaton Ellis. Keaton Ellis is back at safety. So you have options and you have guys and we didn't mention Johnny Dixon or storm duck. So they're going to be guys that we haven't listed or mentioned, but are going to have a multitude of success or could have a multitude of success. And I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. And it's going to, and I think special teams is going to be really the spot that we are the wild card of it all. Um, so that's lost their be best player. The team lost their the team lost their best player. But but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how 
how everything goes. And it'll be really, you know, up to Manny Diaz and everybody to, to put a team on the, on the field that, you know, that everybody's going to be excited about. And I think they're going to do that and, and really do that with ease, to be honest. Yeah. I think the defensive side of the ball might be, might have more depth than the offensive side of the ball. I know now a guy that I'm intrigued by is Christian driver. Obviously the pedigree is there. The genetics are there, but it's a guy we didn't see last year. So redshirt freshman coming into the 2023 season and they have him listed as an athlete so that he can go both sides of the football. I'm very interested to see what he's got and it'll be, you know, It'll be one of those one of those deals, man. I'm 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 just really excited to see a lot of these guys. I think we're gonna get a good glimpse here with spring ball, and I'm excited to to see what's what's to come. Um, there's a lot of excitement. This 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 does remind me a lot of 2017, um, for Penn State. You're coming off 2016. You come out coming off the Rose Bowl. Got a lot of excitement. Trace is back. Saquon is back. But obviously that now this year, I think we're a lot. I think everybody's excited about Drew Aller. You've got Singleton and Allen back. You've got the tight ends back. You've got the offensive line that's remained intact. You've got Abdul Carter back. So you've got a lot of options. And, you know, now it's can they put it all together? And and we're going to find out soon enough because now they're, they're getting that respect again as one of those on-the-bubble playoff teams. And if Penn State is able to take care of business against the teams that it's supposed to, um, I think good things are going to happen, but they got to take care of business against Ohio state and Michigan. And if they're able to do that, they very well could end up in a big 10 championship game again. And even the playoff. Yeah. I think, I think the tricky one is, is going to Columbus. I think Penn state and Michigan, it's just, it's such a home dominated game. Um, I, I think it really matters. The one that's really going to be the issue is, going on the road to Columbus. And that's where Penn State usually Penn State usually plays Ohio State a lot closer on the road than they play Michigan on the road. So that's the yeah. game where they really can win. Like the schedule's favorable for the last like five years results of what Penn State has done. Well shoot, I guess twenty sixteen is seven damn. I was in college then. Yeah, you're you're getting that's old. A, that's an old that's an old moment. But uh yeah, seven years seven, eight years ago uh, the history of Ohio State and Michigan, it it just seems the home games against Michigan are a lot better than the road games. So, and Penn State has had more chances to win in in the horseshoe than they have in the big house. Right, but we're gonna take a quick break here before we come back for the final segment and get to some of the other sports that Penn State has to offer and that have been having some success recently on the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, obviously it's not football season, but football dominates the conversations. But there are two teams that I want to speak about here at Penn State that have had a, a lot of success recently. Let's start by the wrestling team, right? Kale Sanderson is, I think, a Greek god of wrestling uh, and wrestling coaching. You know, highly decorated as a player or as a wrestler and now highly decorated, just got his a hundredth uh, 
Big Ten win uh, with Penn State. And this is a dude that knows obviously what he's doing, but his guys show up in big-time moments, and it pays off big-time for them. And that was very, very observant, you know, Friday night against Iowa at the Bryce Jordan Center. That's the second or second match in three and second out of the last three matches that's been at the Bryce Jordan Center, and Penn State has put on a clinic in both of those. Now, of course, Iowa was, you know, the number two ranked team coming in or program coming into that. They win 23 to 14. You know, they took care of business against Michigan at the BJC the previous Friday, and then in between that took care of Michigan State as well. And they took care of the state of the, of the mitten, you know, 30 to eight against the Wolverines, 34 to six against Michigan State, and then 23 to 14, which is might seem close, but that's pretty dominant when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna pretend that I know anything about how the team scoring of wrestling works. Uh, I did see a stat this week. I didn't watch it. Um, I did see a stat this week talking about how like Penn State had X number of players score four less points and still won the match. And then like Ohio Iowa had like three or four guys score less than three points and then they won two of them. Or I might have had that backwards and I'm butchering the hell out of this and it's just gonna make me sound dumb. But yeah, it sounds like it was really incredibly close, but then I mean Penn State they beat them. The number the number two team in the country comes in. You got you got him in the BJC. You're selling it out again, second time, and number one team in the country. Yeah, and then you you look at you know the the first few matches. The one of the best wrestlers in the country is Spencer Lee. He won his match at um, one twenty five. So they get a quick lead. Roman Bravo Young comes in at one thirty three and and puts them up six five. Then Bo Bartlett, ranked number four at one forty one loses so now you know Iowa's up eight six um Shane Van Ness battle takes on a Max Murin allows a Hawkeye supposed to four one win now it's eleven six then true freshman Levi Haynes ranked number nine at one fifty seven sends Penn State in halftime higher note um with his third period takedown now it's eleven to nine then Alex Facundo at 165 drops his decision uh, to Patrick Kennedy. Now it's 14 to nine with four bouts remaining. And it was all Penn State from there. Uh, you've got Carter Starachi, number one at 174. Boom. You got Aaron Brooks, number one at 184. Boom. Max Dean, number four at 197. Boom. And those are the types of things, you know, and then Kirk, uh, Greg Kirkley at uh, number two at 285 comes in and and takes them down in the final bout. And that's, you know, that that's what you need to do. You're you're going to lose. You're probably going to lose Spencer Lee, right? Spencer Lee is a stud. You know, it's just managing everything else. But the BJC is the place to be, Kevin, because the, the uh, Nittany Lions uh, on the hardwood, are playing some really good basketball too. Yeah, they are. They got a tough match coming up Wednesday against Purdue, which we can talk about a little bit later, but 
played Michigan this weekend and won by 22 points. An impressive victory. Uh, really got a challenge from Micah Shrewsbury after their performance uh, against Rutgers. Rutgers seemed to be like that must win to really get on the tournament bubble. When beat Michigan, then you're kind of in. Um, everyone's going to expect them to lose Purdue. That's just how it is. But yeah, the team, I saw murmurs that Micah Shrewsbury challenged them and looks like they stepped up. Yeah. I mean, they lost to, they lost to Rutgers by 20 points in Piscataway. Um, don't get me wrong on the road. It's not an easy place to play, but when you're, you know, you look at the body of work that they've had at, or first Iowa at the Palestra, they lost by four points. Iowa, and then, or no, I'm sorry, that wasn't the Palestra. That was a home game. Um, Michigan. It was the Palestra. Yeah, that's right. I saw the black and I was like, wait a second. Um, but they, they beat Iowa by four. They lose by 10 at Michigan in a game that was a lot closer than that score indicated. Um, they lost by 13 at the Palestra, number one. The, the Purdue is. Um, Purdue is number one at the time, still dominant. Uh, they beat Indiana handedly. They they lose by three at Wisconsin, a game they probably should have won. They beat Nebraska at home. Then they get blown out by 20 at Rutgers. That's the worst game that they've had in the Big Ten this season. You know, and that's a game that they really needed to have to burst that bubble to get over that hump, right? But you know, Shrewsbury challenged him, changed up the starting lineup, and it paid off. You know, they went on a, at one point a 41 to 11 run, uh, which is absurd in the game of basketball. It's absurd in any other sport, too. Um, and then they beat them by 22. Now, Wednesday is going to be a huge test. Can they answer? Can they battle? They're at Purdue, number one team in the country. They're at, in West Lafayette. West Lafayette. Um, so that, and then they're playing the rest of the, the Big Ten schedule. They still got Nebraska at Nebraska, home against Wisconsin, at Maryland, at home against Illinois, at home against Minnesota, or I'm sorry, at Minnesota and at Ohio State. So this, and then they get potential revenge against Rutgers at home to round out the month of February. This is crunch time for the Nittany Lions. They obviously are on the bubble. They, I think, on paper are as talented as a, as a, as a team can be. Uh, as far as the tournament goes, but it's just, can they get that level of consistency that they so desperately need day in and day out? And I'm very interested to see which Penn state team shows up against Purdue on Wednesday. Yeah. We'll see if we get the first half against Purdue Penn state team uh, in the matchup at the Palestra Penn state led by six. I do. I did actually watch that game Uh, Penn state led by six at the break. And then, Purdue remembered how to play basketball and Penn state absolutely forgot how to shoot. I think I can't remember the stats cause it's been so long ago, but I just remember it like anything Penn state threw up was not going in the basket. They got outscored 45 to 26 in the second half. So Penn state has shown that they can be competitive. Um, Zach Eady is a man, an absolute man in the center center position for Purdue and Penn state small lineup just didn't have any answers for him. So we'll see if the second go around, Michael Shrewsbury can draw something up. Uh, maybe the players are up for a challenge. I said man, we are expecting them to lose, and I don't think, I don't think the spread is all that favorable for them coming up here on Wednesday. But man, 
That would be a shocker. And if I feel like if you upset Purdue in West Lafayette, you got to have a chance at the tournament, even though you dropped that stinker to Rutgers. I think a win over Purdue is definitely stronger than a win over Rutgers. Yeah, and it'll be, you know, if they come out and and compete and it's close, I think that's that's good too. But come out and, and man, if they if they they would turn the college basketball world upside down if they came out and won on Wednesday, and I think that they could. Um, I think they could beat Purdue. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Purdue. I, I'm all over the place tonight, but that I think is going to be huge. And you know, this is it's a weird time. For Penn State basketball, because you know Michael Shrewsbury comes to Penn State last year, um, or comes comes to Penn State and, and is really doing a, a great job, um, and he's got this team. He had this team nearly in the tournament last year. Now they're almost in the tournament again this year, and that's something that Penn State basketball isn't really used to. Um, is compete being on that on that type of level, and. Now he's getting mentioned with big time jobs and Georgetown and Notre Dame. So Penn state's going to have to keep Shrewsbury. Um, and I think Patrick Kraft is going to do a good enough job of, of keeping guys. He wants to keep Shrewsbury and I can't blame him because Shrewsbury is, is very good at what he's doing. He's getting Penn. He's, he's putting Penn state basketball back on the map. Um, and I think that's huge. I mean, the BJC for the thought for Michigan was packed, um, you know, in the lower bowl, obviously they still curtained off the top level, but, it, there's the potential of having a great atmosphere at the BJC when Penn State's playing good basketball and they're doing just that. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they can keep them. I feel like, you know, going to you knew, and with any college program, you need two or three years to really start to get some recruits in there, especially with basketball, because there are so few players on the team that, you know, you get a couple good recruits in there, you're really going to change the full narrative of the team. So I hope he stays at least another year. And give Penn State some momentum. See what he else he can see what he can continue to build, and then you know if he wants to leave, I don't want him to leave. But um, there is actually hype around Penn State basketball now. So maybe if he maybe if they can keep him, Pat Kraft can keep him for year three. Um, you know he leads Penn State to the tournament. He's like, all right, we're building something here, and see what they can do. Yeah, and you know until then, Penn State is having a good old time on the hardwood and the BJC whether it's a wrestling team who won't be there the rest of the year. But, you know, when the BJC is packed, it is one heck of a place, you know, and it, and it's nice to see people are starting to come back to the Bryce Jordan Center and seeing some really good basketball. And it's not just for the team that Penn State is playing. Yeah. As a basketball coach, I'm sure you love seeing good basketball in the BJC. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I like to see good basketball no matter what. Um, but, you know, actually, we're taking our team this Sunday to see Penn State and Iowa uh, on the woman's side. So that'll be um, fun to watch. Iowa's really good on the woman's side. And that's kind of where I got the two mixed up uh, with Iowa and Purdue. But but yeah, and, and you look, even even the, on the on the girls side, they're they're playing some OK basketball right now. Um, but again, Penn State football, it's about to hit full swing now for the spring. Um, now that students are back on campus, recruiting classes are fine are, are are finalizing of signing day is Wednesday. Um, for those that didn't already commit and, and have their early signing period. But it's Penn State's world and we're just kind of living in it, Kevin. 
It is. And if you have listened to this point, we thank you very much. Uh, please, please, please download the show. That's the only source of metric that we have to promote the show and attract those who would be willing to pay for pay us for our content. So if you're on Spotify or if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can set this thing to auto-download. If you do it on your Apple phone, it's by device, really. So kind of a cool, neat trick. You can have them download first three, delete them all out as they just keep your free, three latest episodes in there. Spotify, you can set them to auto-download notifications. Amazon, you can't do that, which kind of stinks, but please download the show. Don't just listen. You don't even have to listen. You can just download, but please listen. If you've come this far, we appreciate it. <laughs> for Kevin Quigley, I'm Jared Prugar. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Lashing Out podcast on the Nitty Sports Now Network. We'll catch you again next week. 